Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes podcast. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a sci-fi horror role-playing game. Your investigators of the unknown are Brian as Jack. Guys, quick, we need to make a human ladder. Gabe as Roy. I feel like I should start every episode on a sanity handicap. It's not really fair. And Matt as Rocky. Progress, that name is taking an hour and a half to check out two rooms. Uh, Welcome back, players. How is everybody doing tonight? I am having a red stag and coke. Man, you are really hitting the hard stuff. What's up with that, dude? This is an intervention, Brian. We're here to talk about your drinking problem. No, I don't have a problem. It goes right in. Listeners, if you'd like to provide feedback or praise or just say hi, drop us a letter from beyond on our website at lovecrafttapes.com. And tonight I do have some fresh letters. Nice. Yay. From Rain, R-A-Y-N-E. Ahoy hoy! Quick question. Based on the description of the true bodily form and his ability to alter events in a timeline, is Agent Akeley the Mothman? I adore you all and this podcast. Tschüss. So I, I assume that uh, Tschüss is, uh, means rain is from Germany. I can't say for sure because it never really occurred to me that Akeley would be the Mothman, but kind of makes sense. And part of the reason is because of the fictional interlude that I created uh, way back when that uh, explained what had happened while you guys were in The Big Uneasy. I was sort of thinking of a different direction, a particularly Lovecraftian creature, but the Mothman kind of makes sense too. I really like that and uh, who knows, maybe I'll use that particular piece of information to inform some of the future because we don't really know what happened to Akeley at this point. Mothman confirmed. I actually saw the Mothman today on fallout 76 recommendo confirmed ludwig says hello i would like to commend you on an excellent podcast that masters the balance of just the right amount of horror sci-fi and humor i started to listen about a year ago and i'm still a devout listener the characters are well thought out and you as the players do an excellent job of driving the narrative in a constant interesting direction special praise to the keeper excellent storytelling and game mastering in my most egoistic moments i only wish that the episodes would release more often but as we know rome wasn't built in one day best wishes from sweden nobody calls me well thought out i don't know what he's talking about humor guys this is a serious podcast this show is brought to you in part by our generous fans and supporters on patreon.com slash lovecraft tapes today we need to thank chainsaw unicorn And Nicholas Hutto. So thank you guys. Appreciate that. This particular episode is uh, brought to you in part by them. Before we begin, we need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. It's the holiday season once again, and New Year's Eve is rapidly approaching. Can you believe it's almost year after current year already? Me either. I don't know about you, but in the past I've always enjoyed the company of fellow revelers and prognosticators who also gather at certain festival locations around the globe, which may or may not exist at the convergence of certain ley lines that focus eldritch power into druidic stones carved with ancient sigils. Oh, but enough about my hobbies. This year, 
I'm going to miss rubbing elbows with like-minded cultists at the stroke of midnight, but sequestered here in my secret laboratory deep beneath the Earth's surface, I've got the next best thing. Introducing the Arkham Bubbles and Bites Bento Box. To ring in the new year, I'll step inside the hermetically sealed patent-pending party bubble manufactured by H.W. Industries and fully tested on circus clowns. Once inside, with approximately 90 minutes of oxygen at my disposal, I'll pop open a bottle of sparkling wine distilled from the juices collected after squeezing afterbirth through a wormwood sieve. It's from France, so you know it's good. Then I'll dig into my very own curated collection of goodies supplied by local artisans like the Tapas Restaurant or the Italian Restaurant. Mmm, boiled calf's eyes crusted in pistachio dust. Fresh earthworm ramen, still wriggling, topped with foreskin cracklings. Liver clots slathered in cancerous mucous membranes. And for dessert, mini pizza with pineapple. What a way to kick off year after current year. Am I right? And if you somehow manage to remain conscious until the end of this party for one, gasping for breath but full of holiday cheer, whip out your curved sacrificial blade and pop that bubble to let fresh air in. Or don't. It's your choice. I'm not your mom. After all that's happened this past year, who knows what unexpected horrors await us. Me? I'm just dying to see what the future holds. Happy New Year. And we're back. What'd you guys think of that product under service? I loved it. I want three. Sir, this is a Wendy's. Well, something tells me that product under service is going to be very big in the very near future. And by big, I mean Ford Etzel big, Sony Betamax big, New Coke big, Crystal Pepsi big, Smokeless Cigarettes big, Apple Newton big, Windows ME big, Microsoft Zune big, HDDVD big, Barnes & Noble Nook big, Atari ET video game big, Friendster big, or even, if they're lucky, Google Wave big. And by the very near future, I mean never. How about you shut up? The Zune was awesome. Chock full with that 32 megabytes of music. <laughs> now... Dear investigators, we continue. Case 11, Haunted Heart. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. An overwhelming sense of urgency propels the investigators to accelerate their efforts to find the missing girls in Pomance, even as incidents of supernatural contact become more frequent and more terrifying. Rocky's unsteady nerves are calmed somewhat by Ricky's soothing presence, though their exploration of the second floor leads them to a situation that is strictly for the birds. Roy, after finding yet another page of the diary, decides to find his brother, but instead discovers that even though the stars may be right, the darkness of an upstairs closet is very, very dark. Jack, along with Danny, decides to try his luck with the talking doll, who seems to have a penchant for throwing its voice, too. Rocky. The sight of the seagull corpses littering the fireplace hearth puts you on edge. 
Their hollow eye sockets and desiccated bodies remind you of the mummified remains you once found in a Cairo pyramid. But you don't like to think about Cairo, do you? No, better to concentrate on the matter at hand. The flue hangs open now and you can hear a low moan emanate from within as the wind blows across the top of the chimney on the roof. At least you hope it's the wind. Slowly continue to walk backwards towards the bathroom. So you carefully creep backwards, keeping your eye on these seagull corpses, but also the fireplace itself where you can hear that wind whistling inside, fully expecting to see that serpent shape, that shadow, reappear at any moment. And that's when you bump into Ricky directly behind you. She grasps your shoulder. What the hell is this? Well, I think I figured out why it's so quiet outside. Are are those real? I'm afraid to check. Is there anything long and pokey in the bathroom that we can poke them with? No, but we have something very gumby. <laughs> <laughs> I need something long and sticky like a stick. Why don't you let me take a look? All right, I've never been very good with animals anyway. And I think... We probably should close that chimney. Here, I, f- I found this in the next room. And she hands you a piece of paper. It appears to be another page of the journal. And she moves in and stoops down to inspect one of the seagull corpses as you get your eyes on the next page of the journal. It's dated 31st of October, 1993. I do not know how much longer I can run. It is right outside the trapdoor to this attic, whispering for me in the voice of my ancestry. It is he, John Poe, who is the house's haunted heart. That which feeds on the land and on, oh dear God, on any life force it entraps within these walls. He is corrupt and eternally hungry. My only hope is to recover the relic about which my mother wrote in the hope that it will somehow disrupt this family curse. Am I not now beyond the veil? If so, I believe it to be in the basement, though I'm not certain I'll be able to outpace the creature that is even now scrabbling at the underside of the trapdoor. May the heavens grant me the holy favor one last time. And Ricky has moved to the chimney and is reaching into the fireplace to close the flue. Jack, you spin around heart pounding heavily in your chest. Without realizing it, you've pulled your gun, automatic reflexes kicking in. There's no one behind you, of course, from where you heard that fateful phrase, I like pudding. Danny eyes you curiously, but her hands are up in a defensive posture. What? She gulps. What is it, Jack? Did you hear that? Did you hear the doll? No, no, she hasn't done anything. I heard the catchphrase, but it came from behind me. I'm sorry, I I didn't hear anything. Or did it come from within me? This place isn't right. We need to get with the others. We need to be together. Okay, well, just give me a minute to to pack this up. So you heard the doll say, I like pudding? I like pudding. You heard pudding say, I like pudding? No, something behind me said, I like pudding. I think something's messing with us, Jack. I know something's messing with us. And I don't want to be separated when this all goes down. Well, just give me two seconds. I'll I'll, uh, pack pudding up. I just don't want Roy to see... 
I don't blame you. Do you want to check out the uh, room uh, off there to the east while I pack her up? Yeah, I'll take a peek in. I'll catch up with you in just a sec. These are the doors here? Yeah, there's two doors on the east wall. All right, I'll go to the one closest to the main wall. It is a closet. I'm just going to peek my head in and do a sweep. Give me a spot hidden, please. I needed a 77. I rolled a 52. That is a success. You found the ladder closet. You do see a little step ladder. Like one of those fold-out kind? It's actually uh, one of those uh, sort of nicer ones that are about four feet tall. Shine the light straight up into the closet to the ceiling and make sure there's not an opening to the attic in, in this closet. It doesn't appear to be any kind of opening to an attic. No, it appears that uh, it was probably just used to uh, stow some things on the upper shelves of the closet. Short people, am I right? <laughs> Through the uh, other door, you can see it's a bathroom. And there's a door on the far end of that bathroom leading elsewhere. Peek my head in and do a flashlight shine around again. Go ahead and uh, give me a spot hidden. I need a 77. I rolled a 98. And I'm going to need you to roll a D100, please. 28. Danny says, uh, okay, I'm all set. What'd you find? There's a bathroom, but there's a doorway on the other side. Let's go through here. I bet it will circle around to the foyer through another room, and then we can put the doll at the top of the stairs so we can go meet up. Sounds good. And she enters in the bathroom. And the doll's in its little coffin thing, right? Yeah, it's a little case, yep. So I'll go in and go to this next room. Roy, the darkness has your hand, and it won't let go. You struggle writhing on the ground, helplessly attempting to extricate your arm from the depths of that black, black closet, where that voice spoke to you with such irrefutable authority and certainty. It was a familiar voice. It was your father's voice. The grasp on your hand tightens, and you're transported back in time to when you were a small boy, and your father latched onto you in this exact same manner. Tell us about that. Well, I had, uh started school so i had started hanging around with the neighborhood kids more uh, my classmates and such which is not really something that had been done much in our family usually we just hung out with each other we stuck together we did what we do and uh i made friends with the kid three doors down from us and i guess my father was not a fan of this because despite having not seen him in two weeks he came over and pulled me off of the kid's lawn and dragged me back to the house where he said the arroyos hang out with the arroyos how did Roy feel about that? At the time, he just did what any Arroyo would do. It annoyed him, and he just pushed it down. Didn't think about it. But for a week later, that handprint on your arm remained, didn't it? It was a hard grab, something I hadn't had from him before. Something rough and left a mark, not only physically, but psychologically. It was the first time that I knew what it meant to be an arroyo. And as soon as you realize that and remember that, your hand pulls back from the closet, which is now just an ordinary closet. It holds no dangers for you. And you fall back, the sweat on your brow, dissipating, drying. And this is just a house. And I'll catch my breath, brush myself off, and I'll go into the closet as I had intended to do. And uh, you feel none of the negative vibes that you had previously. There's obviously no evidence of anybody having been there. And uh, you're a little bit disappointed to not even find another scrap of paper. Kind of a wash. You hear a noise, you look up, and it's just ladders raining down on you. <laughs> Is this the ladder closet? I'll leave out of the closet and I'll continue on my mission to just get as far away from the doll as I can. 
heading north to the bath door, I guess that is. So you go through into the bath and uh, you see just a normal bathroom and a door that leads to a chamber beyond. There a medicine cabinet? There is, yes. I'll search the medicine cabinet. Ooh, prescription for Valium from 1993. <laughs> I need a 75, I got a 50. That's a success. You do find just a little pill forgotten in one corner of the lower shelf in that medicine cabinet. It's pink and has a single line demarcated across it, but no other identifying mark. This Flintstones gummy vitamin is totally still okay. It's either a baby aspirin or birth control. I'll pocket the pill. (laughs) Pocket pill! This week's sponsor, Pocket Pill. This will be a useful tool for later. can't be getting pregnant can you i'll continue through to the next room then go ahead and uh, give me a d100 please 59 you walk into a large chamber which could have been a bedroom could have been study and as soon as you walk in all of the doors suddenly slam shut we'll switch back to rocky and ricky she reaches in and pulls the chimney closed with a thump and you hear that low whistle of the wind extinguish And she slaps her hands to rub any slit off and turns back to you. Well, what next, Chief? Well, we do still need to get into the attic, don't we? That's all. We could go check out that chamber on the other side of the bathroom. I actually think you would be pretty interested in it. It's the master bedroom. Do you want to check it out or do you want to check something else out? Well, seeing as I still have not found a ladder to aid us in our entry into the attic, might as well go give that master bedroom a look. Clearly, this is the master bedroom. A four-poster king bed slumps against the west wall, cloaked in dust. To the south, French doors lead to a narrow balcony with iron railings. A fireplace stands cold yet vigilant against the east wall. Go ahead and give me a D100, please. That's a four. All right. Am I correct in assuming this is where you found that journal page? Uh, Yes, I actually found it in the chimney. Strange. Was it placed there? Maybe he was trying to get rid of it. I don't know. It was almost like it fell out of the chimney. It was really weird. Yes, all of these journal pages seem to just come from nowhere. They suddenly appear. It's weird. Why do journal pages suddenly appear? Why do journal pages suddenly suddenly appear when you're near? Every time I'm near, not all of you. Just a you? Maybe it's me. It's definitely me. I spotted it right away, so I I just came right back to you as quick as I could. I didn't really look around the room or anything. It might be worth giving this room a once-over just to make sure there isn't anything else important hiding around. And I'm going to take take some time to kind of search the room a bit just to make sure we didn't miss anything. Go ahead and roll me a spot hidden, please. I needed a 60, and I rolled a 93, so that's a big fat no. Spend the luck. Push the roll. She actually goes to the balcony and and opens up the doors and kind of looks outside. And it's raining cats and dogs out. uh, Lightning and thunder the whole nine yards. While she's doing that, you're like, well, I'm going to take another look at the chimney. You go over to the chimney and the fireplace. Look around. You don't really see much. Uh, You see some soot that's been disturbed because she picked up that other page. But you didn't see any evidence of anything that might indicate there's more of that in here. And so you move along to the only other major piece of furniture in this place is the bed and you're like i bet you there's somebody underneath the bed ha ha drop to one knee and take a peek underneath the bed you're looking under the bed sort of your eyesight getting used to the gloom and from above on the bed you hear oh 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 
This is where the party starts. I'm going to very carefully just kind of back away from the bed while keeping my eyes to the floor and just turn around and, and start walking towards uh, the far side of the room where there's the door that I haven't been into yet. Not going to look back at that bed at all. As soon as you stand up, you hear Ricky over by the balcony say, Are you hearing this too, Rocky? Yes, but I'm trying not to. Terrible memories of childhood, don't ask. I don't see anything on the bed, but that seems to be where it's coming from. Oh boy. I still have the uh, the handheld thermal camera, so I'm going to pull the camera up. And as you do so, you immediately catch sight of a grinning man standing behind Ricky just in front of the balcony window, directly behind her. He appears to be made of fog, and his eyes are missing. I'm going to need you to make a sanity roll. Uh, I needed a 66. I rolled a 68. That is a failure. We're going to go to your sanity counter. So you've now lost three during this. You are now at 5%. Keep in mind, the threshold is 20% in one day. So I'm looking at the screen and the camera. My eyes are going to go wide. I'm going to very slowly start reaching for my gun. And at the same time, I'm going to go, Ricky, I need you to trust me right now. But whatever you do, do not panic and do not turn around. Uh, I'm going to need you to make another roll. Persuade. Well, this is going to go well. I needed a 40. I rolled a 60. That is also a failure. So Ricky is not convinced, and she is going to turn around. And she's going to make a sanity roll as well. I told you not to do that. She made her sanity roll, no problem. So she will not take any sanity damage, but she immediately screams and backs off, obscuring your view of the man. And you can see past her his vague outline, and it dissipates. In the breeze coming in through the open balcony doors. And then the floor drops out from beneath you. All right, Jack and Danny, you're uh, heading into this chamber. This guest suite may have been used for visitors who expected preferential treatment. It boasts its own bath, a large closet, fireplace, and connects to an adjoining shared bath, perhaps meant to accommodate families. French doors on the south wall open to a balcony protected by an iron railing. Although the bed is long gone, you can still make out where it once sat against the east wall. The bedraggled remains of a bearskin rug lay in front of the fireplace, dark spots on the mangy fur giving evidence to many a stray ember. Not so close, Danny. I'm sorry, Jack. I'm just a little nervous. Yeah, this is uh, getting pretty creepy. Room looks pretty empty, but let's do a do a basic search and see what we see if we see anything. Does that sound good? Yeah, of course. And, the, and she sets the uh, case down with pudding. All right, go ahead and give me a spot hidden, please. I need a 77. I rolled an 18. That's a success. Jack, you immediately move towards the corner because it seems to be an interesting area because there's like lights affixed to the roof. You can see that they're in a a line in that corner just above you. Almost like spotlights as if something of importance was once there. You don't know whether or not it was a sculpture or paintings or whatever. Danny gravitates, of course, to the uh, fireplace. As you approach that corner, just sort of looking around, you begin to hear a sound. (laughs) 
And it sounds like it's coming from the direction of the balcony. I'm going to hide my flashlight in my hand, and I'm going to, as softly and quietly as I can, walk over to the balcony and peer around the edge and, and look down to see if there's somebody out on the balcony. As you get closer and closer to the balcony doors, the sound becomes louder, and it sounds like a crying baby. Well, that's not good. Damn, kids. And I shut the balcony. I'm like, keep it down. You're reaching toward the balcony doors, your hand mere inches from the knob, and you hear the cry cut short. (sighs) Maybe it was just a bird. Mm, A seagull. Once I hear it stop, I'm going to quickly pull my flashlight up and shine around and see if I see anything or remnants of anything. No, the balcony itself uh, appears to be empty and outside is just rain and lightning in the distance and thunder overhead. And it's very hard to even see a few feet from the balcony. Slowly walk back over to Danny and let Danny know what I experienced. So you spin around and you notice something is now sitting in the corner. It appears to be a crib. I'm going to take my flashlight and looking at the crib, aim my flashlight behind me and whip it around a couple times towards Danny's area where she's at so she can see that I need her attention without making any noise. Let's see if she notices. She does not pick up her laying down. Whipperwell, look over here. here. Assuming that she did see it, I'm going to start to approach the bassinet. You notice that the beam of your flashlight is sort of going through. You can see the spotlight on the floor through it. Danny. Yes, Jack. Come here. What the hell is that? She begins walking toward you. You see this, right, Danny? Yeah. I heard a baby crying out on the balcony. When I went to look, it stopped and then disappeared. Is there... Anything in it? I haven't looked yet. And she begins creeping towards the crib. Take a step forward as she does. See if we can get a closer look. But I'm going to kind of use my flashlight to bounce off of the wall to give the room light rather than shining it directly on the crib. First, I'm going to run my hand to see if I can touch it. Obviously, the flashlight went through, so I'm expecting my hand to go through as well. It does. It goes through the crib and your hand tingles as if you had touched the inside of a freezer. And the both of you step forward and peer inside to see some sort of swaddled bundle that is wriggling noiselessly. Reach over and touch the arm of Danny so she can feel how cold it is and then pull my hand back. And she recoils slightly and gives you a look. What do you make of it, Danny? I don't know. Some spectral manifestation? And she begins reaching towards the bundle. I'm going to grab her arm if I can and stop her. What? We don't know what that'll do. Do you have anything that we can document this with? Did you bring anything other than the doll? Check your phone. Maybe uh, take a picture? I'm going to pull out my phone. Go ahead and roll up. Oh, it's so close. I needed a 15. I rolled a 39. Battery is dead. It almost has been drained for some reason. Phone's dead. Oh, that's not good. Such a good for having an iPhone. And I'm going to put my hand into the bundle and see if I can get any anything solid. You reach in closer and closer, fully expecting to feel the soft swaddling blanket and for a moment you do and then you hear something within the crib coo and then it disappears and directly behind you you hear Roy all the doors slam shut and to your horror 
The two doors in the southeast open simultaneously to reveal another dense blackness. And from within you hear children's voices. One from each door say, Trick or treat? And I'll back away, keeping my eyes locked towards that way. Trick or treat? They repeat. Treat. That's an obvious choice. Yes, but is it the Arroyo choice? Go ahead and roll me luck, please. Oh, I need a 22. I got a 6 hard, bruh. The door from which you came and the other door on the west wall both swing open. I'll run into it. So you rush out into a hallway where you see a set of stairs going up and uh, clearly an archway to the south. I'll run into that door and sort of like slam it behind me. To the north? Yeah. Go ahead and roll D100, please. 82. You uh, enter into a room that was clearly a sewing room. It's You actually smell a little bit of gunpowder in the air, and you immediately think, Rocky's been here. You'd recognize that gunpowder anywhere. And that terrible, terrible cologne. And so you immediately look around, and you see, like, this tattered remains of, looks like one of your letters. Your brother ruined one of your letters. And there's red thread everywhere, all disarrayed in this room. See what I can find out about the ruined letter. It is completely tattered and just shredded. You can't even tell that maybe there was ink on there at some point. That moron. Go through the drawers a little bit, see if I can find anything fun. So you do a, do a quick cursory search and come up empty. Cautiously go out the back out the door, sort of peeking to make sure there's nothing bad there. It appears to be very quiet. Just two little girls. A little too quiet. So I'll start yelling to make it less quiet. Ollie, ollie, oxen free. I'll go west to the sitting room. All right, you enter into the uh, sitting room. This is clearly a family room. And uh, go ahead and roll me D100, please. Yeah, yeah, every, every room, every room. 95. You see some footprints. So you, you assume that uh, Ricky and Rocky have been up in this area. Uh-oh, ghouls are afoot. Well, I'm going to go out that door and go onto the porch. Even though the windows have all been barred with iron bars, you still get like a grand view of the storm outside. You can just hear it just pattering down. And it appears to be thunder and lightning is moving off slightly. I want you to roll me a D100. 81. Somebody has written something on one of the windows. You can't even quite make it out, though. It's, it's kind of smeared slightly. I do have one point in Portuguese. Would that help? Possibly. Uh, actually, why don't you go ahead and roll me a spy hit? I needed a 75. I got a 90. It's a fail. You kind of lean in slightly and lose your balance and smear the word. I think it says smear. <laughs> you got dust all over your fingers. And hey, I got some schmear. I'll lick my fingers. They taste like a royal. Then I'll head back inside and sort of backtrack. Seems like there's nothing here. Where to now? I haven't been in here, so I, I'll go in this door here because I don't know what it is. And you enter into a pretty typical bathroom, toilet, sink, bathtub. Is there a medicine cabinet? There is. Absolutely. There I is. will search that medicine cabinet. All right. Give me a spot hidden, please. Can't fail this one. Come on. I need a 75. I got a 71. That's a success. Welcome to Roya Royo Real Estate Agent, the podcast. <laughs> so how many baths does it have? You're looking through the medicine chest and uh, you find another one of those pink pills and i will pocket it one for now one for later and you hear a thumping noise from the south door 
put my ear up against the wall. You press your ear to the door, and it's an odd mix of noises on the other side. It almost sounds like a weird scraping sound, like rock on rock, stone on stone, and that followed by something that sounds like We're filming an ASMR video in here. And then a solid thump that actually vibrates the door. Thumping and sucking, huh? And the door vibrated. I'll draw my gun. Do you bring a pencil? I use a pen, actually, because I don't make mistakes when I draw my gun. And I'll sort of ready and go in cautiously. Rocky, the floor gives way beneath your feet. And the room plummets down 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 and you realize that it's not just the floor the whole room is falling you see a look of horror on ricky's face as she stares at you just 20 feet away and the walls give way revealing sheetrock that moves past you at an alarming rate and that sheetrock gives way to hard-packed clay, which is laden with dead animal skeletons, bones, the strata of dead, decayed, fossilized animals. And then that gives way to dark water. The room is now submerged, yet somehow you're encased in this bubble of oxygen, and you see water, an expanse of black water in all directions where the walls should be. Strange fish swim dangerously close to these walls, peering in, and the worst part is that you're still moving at an alarming rate underwater until the room slams into the ocean floor. Please roll d4. Three. You're going to take three points of physical damage as you collapse to the ground. Told you they had a basement. You're caught completely unawares because you have this sensation of weightlessness as the room plummets. And even though you're in the water, you thought maybe that would be cushioned in some fashion. And maybe this was all an illusion. But when you hit that floor, all your weight comes to bear on your ankle and you hear this cracking sound. And you take three points of damage. How much do you have left? Eight. Ricky only takes one point. Superhero landing. But you hear her yell out in pain. And she looks to you across the room. You're both now flat on the floor. The water's still beyond the walls. Are you okay, Rock? I think I might have either busted or at least rolled my ankle. I'm going to kind of pull myself up to a sitting position and I'm going to do search and see if I still have my flashlight on me or if I lost it during the fall. Go ahead and give me a look. I needed a 46. I rolled a 15. That's a hard success. Yep. You still have it. And oddly enough, the lights are still on in this room. Hold on there. And she begins to get up unsteadily on her feet and Ricky moves across the room to you pretty easily. She is a little bit hurt. She has a little bit of a limp, but she's much better off than you are. And she kneels to you and says, patching you up. Pills here. Pills here. And she's going to attempt a first aid on you. Needed a 30. She rolled a 22. So I'm back up to nine points. Do you want to attempt a first aid on her? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I have a 49. I rolled a 68. That's a failure. You weren't able to help her 
I appreciate you trying, Rock. And she's looking past your shoulder. Oh my god. Swing around as best as I can, and I'm going to point my flashlight in the direction she's looking, keeping one hand on my gun. In the distance, through the wall, into the water, striding across the ocean floor, is a humanoid shape with gigantic tentacles striding ever closer and closer and closer. Why don't you give me a spot hidden, Rocky? Why does this game hate me so much? Uh, I I needed a 60. I rolled a 100, which is a fumble. So you are intent upon watching this humanoid figure as it becomes closer and closer, stretching out these tentacles toward the wall in the house underwater. And you hear Ricky scream next to you just as the tentacle is about to reach the wall and allow the waters to come pouring into the room. In shock, eye-popping horror, you look to her for some sort of comfort as she's given you in the past, and she's screaming at the top of her voice, but she's not looking at the tentacle. She's looking above you. You immediately look up, trying to find out what she sees. And for the briefest glimpse, you can see the rest of the house plummet down on top of the room with a thundering crash. You take one sanity damage because you fumbled, and you immediately pass out. So we are going to modify your sanity counter. You are now at four. So you're currently at almost 6%. Jack... And Danny, you hear this growling noise behind you. I'm going to drop to one knee as I swivel and point my gun and the flashlight in the direction I hear the growling. Just in time to see the bearskin rug towering above you. And we're in combat. A space R, A space R. So it looks like you'll get the uh, drop on him. I'm going to fire my short sleeves. Just don't fumble. Uh, Close. (laughs) I needed a 64. I rolled an 86. That's a fail. So he's actually going to uh, fight back. Claws are going to reach out. You need a 40. Roll the 40. So that's a success. That'll be six damage to you. What? As the claws rake across your face. What is your hit points? 13. And Danny is going to basically run. Good for her. So now it is the bear's turn to attack. What would you like to do? So I'm going to fight. Yeah, I'm just going to do one shot. He needed a 40. Rolled a 24. You go ahead and perform your... You need a better chance of success on your attack. Oh, that's right. I need a 64. I rolled a 91. Bear rug leans in, swipes in with the other claw, and basically guts you. You feel the talons rip through your groin, and you see your intestines start to spill out of the gap. You take nine points of damage, and you fall unconscious. I'm laying there trying to put my guts back in. Oh, I got him. It's okay. So, Roy. I pass. Go go back to Matt. So, you open the door. You see what is clearly a bedchamber, but it appears to be in shambles. There's this bed, this giant master bed that is completely ruined. All four posters are at odd angles and off kilter and not too far right in the middle your brother slumped he appears to have one foot at an odd angle that looks very painful and ricky is 
kneeling over him, shaking him. Rock, rock, get up, rock. And she doesn't seem to notice that you even entered the room. I'll cautiously, slowly approach him on the ground. And as you get closer and closer, you smell... No, I don't. Salt water. You smell this briny liquid. And you realize that Ricky's hair is just dripping what smells like seawater. And Rocky, too, his clothes are drenched push Ricky to the side without even really acknowledging her and start attempting some form of first aid on Rocky. Subconsciously, because of the wetness, I I go for this resuscitation route, even though that may not be the best route. So Ricky looks on in horror. Her whole body is trembling as you lean over Rocky and tilt his head back, opening his mouth, leaning in. And that's when Danny comes running, screaming into the door. You guys, you guys, you gotta help! There's a bear! Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft tapes. I think this is all a dream. We all took those pink pills, and now we're tripping. I should have just slept on the sleeping porch, and then I would have been fine. I have a feeling that this Poe family, I think they would invite people to stay with them and then kill them and sacrifice them. I think it has something to do with John. I'm pretty sure he was what was standing behind Ricky. It states pretty clearly in the journal that we found that he was the one that was behind all of it, and he is now whatever kind of weird entity or energy still inhabits the house, trying to suck the life force out of anybody who comes by. So I have a feeling that whatever this is, it's him doing it. Keeping the sacrifices going. They taste better when they're afraid. Gotta marinate them a bit. I think that... That black stuff is another realm and that the girls are stuck there. Oh, that makes sense. They came to the house to say trick or treat as like a dare or something. And then they got (laughs) zipped in. Hey, Dios mio. I'm I'm nervous. Once we started experiencing things, I think that was it. We're, We're already trapped. So finding the girls, I think, is fruitless at this point. We have to defeat whatever this entity is that's keeping us here in order to get out. I don't know if we're actually physically in another dimension or if it's just we're passed out somewhere and this is all happening. You know what I mean? Yes. Let's move along to some hashtag recommendos where we share some of our geeky obsessions. Please roll D100. Brian, start us off, buddy. I am going to recommend an investment tool. It's called Robinhood. Friend of the show, George, actually recommended this. We were talking about investing, and I've always been extremely nervous to get into stocks. He's like, well, just try it. Sign up. Use a a link that he sent me, and it's an app for your phone, so I downloaded it. Use the link, and you get a free stock just for signing up. So I got a free stock. It was like $4.25 or something like that. And I followed that for a day or so. Decided to add a little bit of money. I think I added $20 or $25. And I bought Pfizer, a Pfizer stock. And then the next day, everything started to tick up a little bit. And I'm like, oh, I just made like $1.25. All right. So I put a couple more bucks in and I now own four stocks. And it's very easy to follow. It's easy to sell them if you'd like to. Um, You can buy at any time. Obviously, when the market's not open, they will hold your sale until the markets do open. Then they will make the purchase or the sale as needed. I did sell the stock that I got for free. And I made a profit of 53 cents on that stock. And I promptly invested that into Pfizer. Check it out. If anybody uh, wants a link from me, just contact me. And I'll, uh, I'll send that over. And we each get a free stock. 
if that happens, if you go that route. But check it out. It's Robinhood. Super easy to get into uh, investing. You don't have to put like $5,000 or anything crazy. Um, I only have like 200 bucks in there, but you can go as low as $5. All right. Thanks, B. Go ahead, Matt. So I have another game for everybody tonight. However, this isn't a particularly new game. It's been around for four years at this point, but it's finally hit a point where I feel confident in saying that it has redeemed itself enough. It has come back from where it began to where it is now worth the money and the time. And that game is, uh, it's a little thing called No Man's Sky. Uh, so what this is, is it's a game by Hello Games. Uh, essentially what it is, is it's a, it's an exploration game. You literally are dropped onto a procedurally generated planet in the middle of a procedurally generated solar system, which is in the middle of a procedurally generated universe. Literally, you build your spaceship, you take off, and from there you can do whatever you want. Uh, there's storylines to follow if you're into that kind of thing. If you want to literally just cruise around an entire universe, and I mean literally an entire universe, you can hop from solar system to solar system, you can explore planets, you can claim land and build bases, you can literally get like a, a giant space freighter and you can fly from system to system, you know, being a merchant, buying goods in one solar system at a low price, going to another system where they need those and selling them at a higher price. It's super open-ended. It is a game that I use a lot when I want to relax because just being able to wander around or just fly around is super, super zen. And I have a lot of fun with it. If you look back at the history of this game, when it came out, it was not in a very good place. A lot of people were angry. There were a lot of uh, promised features that weren't there. But over the past four years, instead of just taking the money they made and running, no, or Hello Games has taken the time to continually to develop and improve the game, and it is in a really, really great place right now. And I, I'm really happy that I can finally confidently say that, yes, you should go buy and play No Man's Sky. Thank you, Matt. Gabe, why don't you go next? I'm recommending a show. It's a Netflix show. It's a limited series it's called the queen's gambit it's uh, about chess so if you're anything like me you enjoy watching stories about people who are the best at what they do this is a story about that it's about a girl it's a historical fiction because it uses real people real the real best chess players of all time and it shows this girl's rise through chess how she started as an orphan and just becomes great at chess i think it's seven episodes it's really really good it's anna taylor joy who for me is like the best actress in the world working today chess is fun uh, it's interesting to me i recommend the queen's gambit thank you gabe tonight i'm recommending a movie that i recently watched on shutter called the mortuary collection i uh, did not have high hopes for this because it popped up and i was like oh great another anthology and they're a dime a dozen it seems like especially in the horror genre but this one is pretty damn good. I was pleasantly surprised and shocked because it's funny and it's creepy and it satisfies your need for all these cool little ghost stories or weird tales. But the, what I love the best is the framework is amazing. It takes place in this mortuary where this guy is sort of like the crypt keeper, but he, he's just the mortician in this small little town and uh, everybody thinks he's creepy and it's Clancy Brown who is the dad or stepdad in Pet Cemetery 2. I think he was 
was also in Sons of Anarchy. Really well-known and well-recognized actor. But he goes above and beyond. He looks like Angus Scrim. He's like super old with the bald head and the side hair and the top hat. But he, he's really super creepy and super awesome. Uh, they mix a bunch of like anachronistic, uh, well-worn, I am the crypt keeper, mortician of this place. And then they interject this young character and he's, he's suddenly doing all these slang. <laughs> so it's this really funny mix of... Uh, past and present that borders on I would put it about same uh, humor level as Creepshow and there are these five tales that take place and essentially it's the mortician is trying to scare or impress his wannabe employee this young lady who says that she wants to work for him because he has a sign outside that says help wanted and of course you know the help wanted is not exactly what she thinks and she is not exactly what he thinks so there's a little give and take a little cat and mouse there And the stories, they're pretty tried and true. They're not out of the ballpark of any kind of anthology story. But they're really well done. And the the gore is practical for the most part. There's a bit of CGI. It's just a lot of fun. So if you're looking for a a bit of a 1980s throwback, this is from 2019. Directed by Ryan Spindell. Clancy Brown is absolutely the standout. He also executive produced it. I urge you to watch The Mortuary Collection wherever you can find it. Currently it's... uh, uh, only on Shutter. I feel happy. Uh, that's going to be it for this episode of Lovecraft Tapes. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at lovecrafttapes.com with links to all our hashtag recommendos and social media channels, including Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server. Where you can chat with us in real time. You can find me on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. And if anybody else wants to turn it fucking it up my butt because the dice have done a really great job of that already tonight, you can find me on Twitter at the Real Weird Kid. And if anybody wants to give Jeremy a bunch of reasons as why he shouldn't kill me, you can find me at Lovecraft Gabe. Um, I'm going to need a lot of support from the community. If you guys would please send me a dozen bear claws, that'd be great. <laughs> Until next time, roll for unconsciousness. Bye bye everyone. Bye bye everyone that I see. The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2020. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.com.